1: What's up Dolph fans and welcome into the Thursday, December the 13th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host Travis Wingfield and as always I am here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. And on today's show we are previewing Sunday's huge matchup in Minneapolis where the Vikings are vulnerable, where they could cause problems, and my prediction for the final score Plus the lock of the week, Ryan Tannehill making another late season surge and the psychology of these two teams heading into the crucial game. But first, before any of that, I kindly invite each and every one of you to please subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us that rating. Leave us that review. Give me a follow on Twitter at NFL, Follow the show at LockedOnFins and of course LockedOnDolphins.com. We have tons of new content for you guys this week from all the writers at lod.com. And last but not least... The other Locked On Sports family of podcasts like the Locked On Heat podcast and Locked On NFL podcast for all the local and national coverage of your favorite teams. And I wish this man was still around to have seen the game on Sunday. But let's go ahead and bring him on for the injury updates. All right, Miami. And as has been the case almost all year, the Dolphins enter this game more banged up than their opposition. With plenty of big names on the injury report, Danny Amendola did not practice on Wednesday and he was limping around the game on Sunday and was limited in his rep count, but he normally doesn't practice on Wednesdays anyway, so that hasn't changed. Other players that were limited in practice, Ryan Tannehill, Kenyon Drake, Laramie Tunzel, Devontae Parker, Jawan James, Cornell Armstrong, and TJ McDonald, though it sounds like most of those guys will play on Sunday, if not all of them. I did not practice with Xavier Howard, we'll get to that here in a minute. For the Vikings, DNP was Chad Beebe, that's it, limited linebacker. Eric Kendricks, cornerback Trey Wayne's, tight end David Morgan, right tackle Brian O'Neill, right guard Mike Remmers, and defensive tackle Sheldon Richardson. We've got a very busy show for you guys. Let's go ahead and get things cranking. That's another Miami Dolphins. And First down on today's Locked On Dolphins podcast is brought to you by Action Heat. And we started off the show with some injury updates on some of Miami's most important players. And the good news is that the most important player will play on Sunday, Adam Gase, unless something crazy happens. Ryan Tannehill will be out there on Sunday to take on the Minnesota Vikings. And we'll talk about Tannehill here in just one minute. But the Xavier Howard situation continues to perplex a little bit. At his Wednesday media availability, Adam Gase would not confirm nor deny the report that X did have a surgical operation to clean up his knee prior to the Patriots game after that Buffalo Bills game. And the good news is that he was doing some light running at practice with trainers on Wednesday. But if I had to bet on it right now, I would say he sits this game out. I saw him at the facility last week. He was limping around, had a sleeve on his knee. It didn't look great. And we'll discuss the ramifications of his potential absence in the second segment, the preview segment. But real quick, I want to shift gears back to the quarterback to lead this thing off here on the Locked on Dolphins podcast, the Thursday preview edition and it's Ryan Tannehill season officially once more this is what he does he makes strong pushes late down the stretch just after you've given up on him I go back to 2016 I was all about scouting quarterbacks when they started 1-4 he couldn't get away from pressure in that Tennessee game he looked terrible in that Cincinnati game I'm looking at Deshaun Kaiser, Patrick Mahomes whoever it was that was out there I wanted to get a look at them and then Tannehill turns it on and posts a fantastic 8-game stretch going 7-1 and one, a 101.5 passer rating you guys know about all the numbers and all the data and I posted this up on LockedOnDolphins.com as well as on my Twitter timeline but just as he did in 2016 he started his surge in the sixth game of the season for him now I know this year was with injuries involved and he came back from the injury But the premise of the article was structured around something longtime play calling great. Bruce Arians said when he mentioned that it takes about eight weeks for a quarterback for an offense to really take hold of a new scheme. And I know this isn't a new scheme in year three, but with Ryan Tannehill back in 2016, it was, and it did take some time to acclimate. And maybe this offense with all the changes we have seen, the receiver core got remade, the offensive line got remade, the tight end position was mostly remade, and Tannehill had to come back and try to find his way. And I know there was all the reports and all the talks about the mental reps he got, how it helped him to step away from the game and see things from the sideline, but it still takes time to get acclimated to new teammates, new players, and get yourself back used to live bullets. So my argument is that the fact that Ryan Tannehill now in the last three games is two and one, eight touchdown passes, one interception, throwing touchdowns, 12% of his throws, averaging almost 12 yards per pass and a passer rating of 129.9, insane numbers for the Dolphins quarterback, My contention is that maybe the comfortability has returned, and that's why his production is back to where it is at, let's be honest, an elite level for a quarterback. And the source of this column of those tweets I put out there was, I got a chance to finally rewatch the entire broadcast version, the whole three-hour game of the Dolphins and Patriots on Sunday. And my God, how glorious that was again. I still get the warm and fuzzy feelings when Kenyon Drake breaks free and gets loose towards Rob Gronkowski on that play. Just a play I'll never forget, a game I'll never forget. But going back to the original point, there was a play at the end of the first quarter, an innocuous five-yard run from Frank Gore that also got tacked on five yards because of a defensive holding call. But Ryan Tannehill gets to the line of scrimmage Sends Devontae Parker in motion, tips the Patriots' hand, the safety backs away, he makes an Alpha Lewis call at the line of scrimmage. Alpha is check with me, Lewis is the play, and he runs the ball for five yards to Frank Gore. Just a small thing that shows command, shows a presence in the huddle, and the presence of mind to understand what you want to do on offense compared to what the defense wants to do to stop you. And he did it again later in the game with an Alpha poker call, a quick count that is designed to get the Patriots' defense off balance. And so while he looks better mentally, the physical is starting to return too because he ripped some passes that you haven't seen from him recently after the shoulder injury most notably that 43 yard dime to Kenny Stills that was up and over the defense on a line and down the field so very impressive stuff from Ryan Tannehill the arm strength appears to be back his command and confidence are growing and I think the odds that he returns in 2019 are growing along with that confidence and command much to the chagrin of a decent sized faction of the Dolphins fan base but To make that a certainty, he needs to find a way to get this team into the winner's circle on Sunday, and coming up next, I'll tell you how he can do that. We're breaking down the Vikings, we're locking it up, and predicting the final score of Sunday's pivotal game. All of that next, but first, a word from Action Heat. This Miami Dolphins team has a strong fan base that comes from outside of the South Florida area, and if you're like me and you don't live in South Florida, you're dealing with this winter cold coming on here as Christmas approaches. But this episode is sponsored by Action Heat, the maker of the world's best battery heated clothing, and I'm here to tell you how you can get heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Heat. Their clothing, available in heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments like heated base layer shirts and long johns can help keep you warm all winter long, reaching temperatures of up to 135 degrees. The heat is delivered to your body safely and efficiently using a 5 volt lithium ion battery that lasts up to 12 hours per charge. And you can also recharge your phone, your iPad, whatever gadget it is, Action Heat can help you get it charged while you stay warm. It's perfect for any friend or family on your holiday list. Great for that person that works outdoors in construction, whatever it may be, a skier or snowboarder, just anyone that loves being outside but hates being cold. And for a limited time only, we've got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off your entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash locked on to check out everything Action Heat has to offer. That's actionheat.com slash locked on or use the coupon code locked on at checkout to save 20 Twenty percent. Stay toasty warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities this winter with Action Heat,
0: and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa Get out the way, get out the way
1: Thursday we got a game coming up in three days and that means it is time to preview this very crucial very pivotal game that frankly coming into the season was supposed to be a guaranteed loss for the Miami Dolphins but they enter Minnesota on Sunday as seven point dogs but with a better record than the home team Vikings and the Dolphins will go to Minneapolis Minnesota to U.S. Bank Stadium to try to get this crucial crucial win. And one of the big challenges for the Dolphins is going to be identifying what it is the offense wants to do ever since they fired John Filippo, their offensive coordinator, on Tuesday morning. And they promoted quarterbacks coach Kevin Stefanski, who has been with the Vikings back since 2006 when he was Dwight Schrute himself, assistant to the head coach back then. He has coached the quarterbacks, tight ends, running backs, and then quarterbacks again. He will call plays for the first time in his coaching career on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. But I think that what we're going to see from this Vikings offense is just running the things that certain players do best. Get Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, those guys running the routes that they are most proficient on, whether it's Stefan Diggs on the curl or the double move or Adam Thielen on the out-route, outbreaking type of stuff, going to the perimeter. They want to get their playmakers involved, their stars involved, and I think they're going to find a way to get Dalvin Cook going and try to crank the running game up because right now, their running game has been dreadful, and part of that has to do with Dalvin Cook not being as explosive coming off the knee injury, but also the fact that the interior offensive line has been terrible. Mike Remmers and Pat Elfline not getting the job done in run blocking, according to to pff.com Elfline is the 42nd rated center against the run and Mike Remmers, the right guard, is the 75th ranked guard when it comes to run blocking on offense and their pass protection has not been great either. Although in the middle, those three guys, the left guard, center, right guard, statistically are better holding up throwing the football against the pass rush as they hold opponents to a 5% pass rush productivity. But on the outside, there are three tackles this Vikings team uses because of injuries. Rashad Hill was forced into the lineup for rookie right tackle Brian O'Neill, and also left tackle Riley Reef, the three of those guys combined for a pressure rate of 13.8%. Comparatively, Jawan James and Laramie Tunzel surrender pressure on 5% of their total pass blocking reps. So, Cam Wake, Robert Quinn, this game comes down to you guys trying to find a way to hold off Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen because those guys are dominant in this league. And without Xavier Howard, the Dolphins must, must get pressure on Kirk Cousins, who in his own right has been the whipping boy this week for his bad performance on Monday night and his bad performance in general in primetime games when the lights come on, when the pressure comes on, and that's what this Sunday is going to be, a big-time pressure game. Dolphins coming off a huge win. Vikings really are reeling right now and have to find a way to get the winner's circle. Both these teams really do to keep their seasons alive, and on defense, it's really more about Mike Zimmer and what he does and this personnel group they have on the Vikings defense. It is dominant. It is very good good. It starts with Daniel Hunter, a total game wrecker. He is tied for third in the NFL in sacks. He's top 10 in pressure rate. He's good against the run. Now on the other side, Everson Griffin, look, I sympathize with this guy as much as anybody. He had a mental health issue. He had to step away from the game. He got right. And that makes me so happy just as a human that knows a lot about mental health issues, but his production this year has gone way down. And I'm sure that has something to do with it. Harrison Smith, the safety is an absolute phenom. He is the straw that stirs the drink on that Vikings defense. They'll mix it up with cover three, cover one, man coverage, press, zone, whatever it is. They do lots of different things and Harrison Smith is the reason that they can. He'll rob the over route from the backside. He'll come down and cover the slot. He'll chuck your tight end and take him out of the play. He is just absolutely terrific. He doesn't miss tackles. He plays the run probably even better than Rashad Jones and his fellow safety mate Anthony Harris has three picks on the year and has not a lot of touchdown in coverage and speaking of coverage, Xavier Rhodes has been playing through injuries all year long. And his production has dipped in the way Everson Griffins has. I'm not sure what he'll do on Sunday. I, I imagine he'll travel with our number one receiver, which right now is Kenny Stills. And that matchup actually stylistically favors the Vikings. Now at linebacker, this is where Miami can make some hay and pass coverage. Anthony Barr has been exposed by some offenses that have similar personnel groupings as Miami. But Eric Kendricks, on the other hand, he is a terrific cover linebacker. Probably try to avoid him at all cost. And then up front, Linval Joseph and Sheldon Richardson. The pair of those guys have combined for 34 run stuffs, which is top five among an interior defensive lineman combination. So those guys getting the job done. For me, the concerns in this game, I talked about the offensive line play of the Dolphins on the interior against that vaunted Vikings pass rush in front line. They have to find a way to prevent that defensive line from wrecking this game and really making points impossible for this Dolphins offense. On the other side, it's Diggs and Thielen against a potentially Xavier Howard absent secondary of the Dolphins. The Patriots got after the Miami on third and long. I would expect that trend to continue if Howard cannot go. The opportunities for Miami getting pressure on Kirk Cousins off the outside. I imagine Cam Wake will get doubled and chipped all game. Robert Quinn has to have his best game of the year to get out of Minnesota with a victory. And on the defensive side for the Vikings, they have to find a way the Dolphins do that is to scheme yardage on the ground against some of the better run-stuffing teams in football. They have done that this year. They have to do it again against Minnesota on Sunday. And one thing the Vikings do is they play kind of a stack and shed defense where the defensive line won't penetrate and get upfield in one gap, they will two gap, which means they play less aggressively, and that means the Dolphins can't run that inside trap play that has really been their best play all season long. But the good news is Sunday, Miami adopted some more power schemes with backside pulling guard and tackle in Juwan James and Jesse Davis. Do some more of that. That should free up the Dolphins to get on the edge of this Vikings defense and make some hay in the running game in that way. This game is super, super fascinating to me outside of the playoff odds, outside of the must wins for both these teams and it might not be a must win for the Dolphins, but it's pretty close to it. They would be best served, obviously, to run the table and go 10-6 and six to get into the playoffs. But just the dynamic of this game, the matchups, the psychological advantage for both teams, I'll get into that here in a second when I predict the game. It just sets up to be a really, really good game. And I'll predict the final score in the third segment of today's Locked on Dolphins podcast. But you guys know what time it is, the Thursday show, end of the second segment. That means it's time to lock it up. You better lock it up.
0: You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up.
1: Lock it up. And the lock of the week you might sense some apprehension in my voice, and that's because this one's going out on a limb. I haven't done great on these this year. I won last week's, but I've missed on quite a few, but we're going to lock it up this week by talking about the linebackers that struggle in coverage, most notably Anthony Barr, and the fact that the Dolphins have been trying to get the tight ends involved in the passing game, and you can check out a column up on LockedOnDolphins.com by our staff editor Jason Harina, talking about the futile production of the Miami tight ends this year. The position has not found the end zone since that week six game against Chicago when Nick O'Leary caught a walk-in touchdown, and they've only got two total on the season going back to week two with AJ Derby, but that trend's going to end on Sunday. That's right. The whipping boy of this podcast and many Dolphins fans alike gets to pay dirt for the first time in his career. They've been trying to get Mike Kosicki involved in the red zone, and I think he's going to get another shot on Sunday, and I think, I hope, I'm locking it up that he's going to pluck one and add a much-needed element to this offense. Mike Kosicki's first career touchdown Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings. That is the lock of the week. Now, will that be enough for the Dolphins to pull out a victory? I'll break down the psychology of this game and predict the final score, and we'll do all of that next. But first, a word from DraftKings. We're all competitive, right? And what's better than having bragging rights, but also huge cash prizes over your friends as they are both up for grabs this weekend and all season long on DraftKings, the leader in one-week fantasy sports. How huge? We're talking over $1.5 million in total cash prizes available. With one-week fantasy at DraftKings, you choose when to play. You draft a new team every week with no season-long commitments. And at DraftKings, you are the GM. Just choose your players, stay under that salary cap, and see your team stack up against the competition, no matter what your skill level, there's a contest waiting for you at DraftKings. So if you've been thinking about trying one week fantasy football, right now is the time to play because nothing makes Football Sunday more exciting than when you have a DraftKings lineup on the line, and you can play for free with your first deposit to compete for your share of over 1.5 million dollars in total prizes. Just go to DraftKings.com or download the app today. Use code Locked On, one word, Locked On, to enter a contest for free this weekend with your first deposit and compete for your share of over one and a half million dollars in total cash prizes. That's promo code Locked On, only at DraftKings. The game inside the game. Minimum five dollar deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings It's a winning type of week on the Locked On Dolphins podcast. As The Dolphins down the Patriots last Sunday. We are still buzzing off that win. But for now, I think it's time to officially turn the page, guys, and get to a game that suddenly has tons of importance. I talked about it all podcast long, and now it's time to predict this game. And I talked about how this game is really fascinating for me In so many aspects, whether it's the psychology factor, the fact that whoever wins this game comes away really feeling terrific about their playoff chances. The Dolphins are at home next week against a bad Jacksonville Jaguars team. The Vikings travel to a bad Detroit Lions team. So both clubs would feel good about their victory chances in week 16. So getting this win would be absolutely huge and I think this one is going to come down to another dramatic finish and how does that stack up for the Dolphins who were 19-6 and under Adam Gase in one score games now the psychology factor of this game is what makes it really really interesting to me obviously the fact that John Filippo was fired we don't know what the new play caller is going to do for the Vikings the fact that Minnesota is reeling off of a tough loss a short week a short week on a road game to Seattle in prime time that's a tough ask to come back from that Miami on the other hand is one of the toughest asks in all of football because coming back from an emotional win like that, a game where you really shouldn't have won it, and you get charged up and have all that celebration, all that released exuberance, it's tough to get back up the following week. I talked about it on yesterday's show. It's going to be a big ta- challenge for those coaching staff to get these guys going. And if they can, I would feel fantastic about the staff Going forward, now, a key for Miami is going to be starting fast. Let's go ahead and put that Vikings crowd quiet down to begin the game. Get them out of it early. Score early. Make it your fourth consecutive game with an opening drive touchdown. And doing that would turn the Vikings' desperation into a bit of despair, So what I'm going with in this game, I think it's going to be a very close game, a one-score game, a game that is decided on the final possession as we have done the last two weeks with the Dolphins. Those are the kind of games the Dolphins play. Those are the kind of games the NFL presents. So why would it change this week in a very crucial game? Again, that seven-point spread is pretty weird to me. But like I said, one-score game, I think Darren Rizzi will have his unit rearing to go after last week's gaffes with two punts. And Dan Bailey for the Minnesota Vikings, Kickers are important in these one-score games, obviously. Dan Bailey is 16 for 23. Jason Sanders is 16 for 17. So with that in mind, I'm going with Miami 20, Minnesota 19. The Dolphins get to 8-6. The Miracle Ride continues, and this Dolphins team becomes more of a favorite for the sixth and final wildcard spot in the AFC playoffs. Dolphins 20, Vikings 19, a huge win for the Dolphins. That's the pick for the week. Now, we've got some other stuff to discuss here before we wrap the podcast up. Who are you supposed to be a fan of this week? We've got three obvious games for you. The Bucks and Ravens, you want Tampa Bay in that one for obvious reasons. The Giants and Titans, take the NFC team once again. Give me the Giants, Titans lose. That helps the Dolphins big time. Cowboys over Colts, same story there. You know what to do, NFC over AFC always. So those are your teams, Bucks, Giants, Cowboys. Now, there are two dilemma games that I don't really know what I want to happen in one of them. Another one's more clear to me personally. But the first one that I don't know who to really root for is tonight's game. The Chargers and the Chiefs. Because... Next week, the Chargers play the Ravens. And that's why this is important for the Dolphins. The Chargers and the Ravens, I assume Baltimore beats the Bucks on Sunday. And with games against the Chargers on the road, no less, in Los Angeles, all the way across the country on a Saturday, a short week for the Ravens. And then they finish up on Sunday on week 17 against the Browns. I think that that Chargers game is going to be one the Ravens have to lose. I predict them to lose that game. But what if the Chargers lose to the Chiefs? and suddenly are basically confined to the fifth wild card spot in the playoff chase, will they be able to get up on a short week of their own to take down a Ravens team that really doesn't mean much to their overall season? The Chargers could just wait until week 17 and take down the Broncos and easily cruise to that final playoff spot. So I think we probably want the Chargers to beat the Chiefs on Thursday, come off of a long rest, a 10-day layoff, or I guess a 9-day layoff, With the Saturday game, the Ravens will be on a six-day layoff, so a big advantage there. But I think the Chargers, we want them to win so that they have something to play for in Week 16 as far as the division goes, as far as trying to jump from the fifth seed all the way up to potentially the number one seed. So I think we got to root for the Chargers in that one. That's my assumption. I'm still iffy on that. But go Chargers, I suppose. The other one is Patriots and Steelers. And I know you're going to say I can't root for the Patriots. I It's against my fan code, whatever it is. But playoffs are all I care about. I don't give a shit about rivalries when it comes to the Dolphins finding a way into the postseason, getting out of that in the hunt column we always seem to be in. But if the Patriots knock off the Steelers and the Steelers next week go to New Orleans and lose that game, which frankly is going to happen in my opinion... Then all of a sudden the Ravens can cruise to the NFC North, or excuse me, the AFC North title and the Steelers sitting at 7-7 and 1 wouldn't have a chance to surpass Miami. So you definitely take the Patriots even though if they lose two of the final three and the Dolphins win the final three, Miami at 10 and 6 would win the AFC East. I don't think it happens. The Patriots have the Jets and the Bills and the reason one of those losses would actually give the Dolphins a tiebreaker. Obviously, the two teams split head-to-head, Miami and New England, but because of division record, assuming Miami beats Buffalo, they'd be 5-1. and one. The Patriots would be 4-2 and two if they lost to either the Jets or the Bills, and hence Miami would win the division, but I don't think that happens. So root for the Patriots knock the Steelers off, and effectively make them kind of an afterthought in the wild card chase against the Miami Dolphins. Either way, I'm just so thrilled that we have a very, very interesting weekend of football ahead, and I'm super hopeful that we get another one just two days before Christmas next week when Miami takes on in-state rival the Jacksonville Jaguars. But that's going to be it for this podcast. We will have the Twitter mailbag on tomorrow's show. So find that tweet on my Twitter timeline and get your questions in right now. But as for this show, let's go ahead and wrap things up. You guys, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Check out the other Locked On Sports family of podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter at NFL. Follow the show at Locked On Fins. Keep up to date on our Daily Dolphins blog over at LockedOnDolphins.com. You guys have a great rest of your Thursday. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for a Friday. Friday edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose for Miami Dolphins football.